Hello and welcome back to Let's Read the Bible Together here on The Preacher Chick. It is day 43 and we are in the book of Numbers and today we will be reading Numbers 11 through 13 and Psalm 43. So let's get to it. Now the people began complaining openly before the Lord about hardship. When the Lord heard his anger burned and fire from the Lord blazed among them and consumed the outskirts of the camp. Then the people cried out to Moses and he prayed to the Lord and the fire died down. So that place was named Taberah because the Lord's fire had blazed among them. The riffraff among them had a strong craving for other food. The Israelites wept again and said, who will feed us meat? We remember the free fish we ate in Egypt, along with the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. But now our appetite is gone. There is nothing to look at but this manna. The manna resembled coriander seed, and its appearance was like that of delium. The people walked around and gathered it. They ground it on a pair of grinding stones or crushed it in a mortar, then boiled it in a cooking pot and shaped it into cakes. It tasted like a pastry cooked with the finest oil. When the dew fell on camp at night, the manna would fall with it. Moses heard the people, family after family, weeping at the entrance of their tents. The Lord was very angry. Moses was also provoked. So Moses asked the Lord, why have you brought such trouble on your servant? Why are you angry with me? And why do you burden me with all these people? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth so you should tell me, carry them at your breast as a nanny carries a baby to the land that you swore to give their fathers? Where can I get meat to give all these people? For they are weeping to me. Give us meat to eat. I can't carry all these people by myself. They're too much for me. If you're going to treat me like this, please kill me right now if I have found favor with you and don't let me see my misery anymore. Friends. Okay. Sarcasm. Drama snark all right here from Moses. I think this is the whole thing that in our society, we too often use our, okay, I want to be careful. We so often use sarcasm and snarky comments and um, stuff like that to, to bring attention to ourselves or to hurt others. Moses used them to, as, as outlets of his emotions to God, you know, um, I, this cracks me up. Like the dramatics are so ridiculous here. If you're going to treat me like this, basically you're going to make me take care of all these whiny babies that you told me to take care of, that they're your people, but I'm the one that has to deal with them here. If this is what it's going to be like, kill me right now. Kill me right now. If I found favor with you. Don't let me see my misery anymore. Oh, Moses. The Lord answered Moses, bring me 70 men from Israel known to you as elders and officers of the people. Take them to the tent of meeting and have them stand there with you. Then I will come down and speak with you there. I will take some of the spirit who is on you and put the spirit on them. They will help you bear the burden and the, of the people so that you do not have to bear it alone. Tell the people, consecrate yourselves excuse me, consecrate yourselves in readiness for tomorrow and you will eat meat because you wept in the Lord's hearing. Who will feed us meat? We were better off. Oh yeah, we were better off in Egypt. The Lord will give you meat and you will eat. You will eat 
not for one day or two days or five days or 10 days or 20 days, but for a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes nauseating to you. In other words, God's like, this is what you want. I'm going to give you so much. You can't take it because you have rejected the Lord who is among you and wept before him. Why did we ever leave Egypt? But Moses replied, I'm in the middle of a people with 600,000 foot soldiers. Yet you say, I will give them meat and they will eat for a month. Their flocks and herds were slaughtered for them. Would they have enough? Or if all the fish in the sea were caught for them, would they have enough? The Lord answered Moses, is this the, I love this. Oh, I love this. The Lord answered Moses, is the Lord's arm weak? Now you'll see whether or not what I have promised will happen to you. Whoa. He basically looks at Moses and says, sit down, sit down. Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord. He brought 70 men from the elders of the people and had them stand around the tent. Then the Lord descended in the cloud and spoke to him. He took some of the spirit that was on Moses and placed the spirit on the 70 elders. As the spirit rested on them, they prophesied. But they never did it again. Two men, see, this is the thing. In the Old Testament, the spirit moved and the spirit was at work, but not in the same way as in the New Testament after Jesus left and sent the promised Holy Spirit. Very, very cool. Very, very unique. Two men had remained in the camp, one named Eldad and the other Medad. The spirit rested on them. They were among those listed, but had not gone out to the tent and they prophesied in the camp. A young man ran and reported to Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, assistant to Moses since his youth, responded, Moses, my Lord, stop them. But Moses asked him, are you jealous on my account? If only all the Lord's people were prophets and the Lord would place his spirit on them. Then Moses returned to the camp along with the elders of Israel. A wind sent by the Lord came up and blew quail in from the sea. It dropped them all around the camp. They were flying three feet off the ground for a day, about a day's journey in every direction. The people were up all that day and night and all the next day gathering quail. The one who took the least gathered 50 bushels. Um, a bushel would have, let's just say it was, it was a decent amount, okay? And they spread them out all around the camp. While the meat was still between their teeth, before it was chewed, the Lord's anger burned against the people and the Lord struck them with a very severe plague. So they named that place Kibroth Hatava because there they buried the people who had craved the meat. From Kibroth Hatava, the people moved on to Hazaroth and remained there. Okay, some people are going to read that and go, why did God do that? Why did he even give them the meat? Listen, God is, remember what we've, we've already read this, that he is patient. He's long-suffering. He's slow to anger. If he's slow to anger and this was done in anger, can you imagine what it would have been like if he was quick-tempered? He did this because he was showing the people I'm going to give you what you want, but there's a consequence to it because you didn't trust me because you didn't wait for my timing. You demanded something instead of being patient and waiting for what I had. In other words, I had something better, but you demanded something to settle for. And there's consequences for that. I firmly believe that God's grace and goodness abound, but earthly consequences remain for earthly decisions. And their earthly decision was to not trust God and was to make demands and um, 
physical provisions instead of trusting that this God who brought them out of Egypt miraculously would continue to take care of them miraculously. Carrying on. Miriam and Aaron criticized Moses because of the Cushite woman he married, for he had married a Cushite woman. They said, does the Lord speak only through Moses? Does he not also speak through us? And the Lord heard it. Moses was a very humble man, more so than anyone on the face of the earth. Okay, now remember, Moses kind of had this snarky side to him when he went to God, but he took it to the Lord. Watch what happens when you just throw it out there among the people. Suddenly, the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, you three come out of the tent of meeting. So the three went, of them went out. Then the Lord descended in a pillar of cloud, stood at the entrance to the tent and summoned Aaron and Miriam. When the two of them came forward, he said, listen to what I say. If there is a prophet among you from the Lord, I make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my household. I speak with him directly, openly, and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. So why were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the Lord's anger burned against them, and he left. As the cloud moved away from the tent, Miriam's skin suddenly became diseased, resembling snow. When Aaron turned towards her, he saw that she was diseased. And he said to Moses, my Lord, please don't hold this against us, this sin we have so foolishly committed. Please don't let her be like a dead baby whose flesh is half eaten away when he comes out of his mother's womb. Then Moses cried out to the Lord, God, please heal her. The Lord answered Moses, if her father had merely spit in her face, wouldn't she remain in disgrace for seven days? Let her be confined outside the camp for seven days. After that, she, she may be brought back in. So Miriam was confined outside the camp for seven days, and the people did not move on until Miriam was brought back in. After that, the people set out from Hazaroth and camped in the wilderness of Paran. The Lord spoke to Moses, send men to scout out the land of Canaan. I am giving to send men to scout out the land of Canaan. I am giving to the Israelites. Send one man who is a leader among them from each of their ancestral tribes. Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran at the Lord's command. All the men were leaders in Israel. These were their names. Oh, the names. We have to keep reading the names. Here we go. Shemua, son of Zachar, from the tribe of Reuben. Shaphat, son of Horai, from the tribe of Simeon. Caleb, son of Jephunneh, from the tribe of Judah. Egal, son of Joseph, from the tribe of Issachar. Hoshea, son of Nun, from the tribe of Ephraim. Palti, son of Rufa. Raphu, from the tribe of Benjamin. Gadiel, son of Sodai, from the tribe of Zebulun. Gadai, son of Susai, from the tribe of Manasseh, from the tribe of Joseph. Amiel, son of Gamali, from the tribe of Dan. Sether, son of Michael, from the tribe of Asher. Nabi, from the son of Vopsi, from the tribe of Nephtali. Gul, son of Machai, from the tribe of Gad. These were the names of the men Moses sent to scout out the land, and Moses renamed Hoshea, son of Nun, Joshua. When Moses sent them to scout out the land of Canaan, he told them, go up this way to the Negev, then go up into the hill country. See what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. Is the land they live in good or bad? Are the cities they live in encampments or fortifications? Is the land fertile or unproductive? Are there trees in it or not? Be courageous bring back some fruit from the land it was the season for the first ripe for the first ripe grapes 
So they went up and scattered out the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob near the entrance of Hamath. They went up through the Negev and came to Hebron, where Ahiman, Sheshai, and Talmai, the descendants of Anak, were living. Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. When they came to the valley of Eshkol, they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes, which was carried on a pole by two men. They also took some pomegranates and figs. That place was called the Valley of Eshkol because of the cluster of grapes the Israelites cut there. At the end of 40 days, they returned from scouting the land. The men went back to Moses, Aaron, and the entire Israelite community in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back a report for them and the whole community, and they showed them the fruit from the land. Okay, did you hear about the fruit? Did you, did you hear what I said? Are you following along? A single cluster of grapes had to be carried on a pole by two men. That's a, that's, a, that's a lot of grapes. Those are big grapes. They reported to Moses, We went into the land where you sent us. Indeed, it is flowing with milk and honey, and here is some of its fruit. However, the people living in the land are strong, and the cities are large and fortified. We also saw the descendants of Anak there. The, Amal the Amalekites are living in the land of the Negev. The Hethites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live by the sea along the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people in the presence of Moses and said, Let's go up now and take possession of the land because we can certainly conquer it. But the men who had gone up with him resounded, responded, We can't attack the people because they are stronger than we are. So they gave a negative report to the Israelites about the land they had scouted. The land we passed through to explore is one that devours its inhabitants, and all the people we saw in it are men of great size. We even saw the Nephilim there the descendants of Anak that came from Nephilim. To ourselves, we seemed like grasshoppers, and we must have seemed the same to them. Now for Psalm 43. Vindicate me, God, and champion my cause against an unfaithful nation. Rescue me from the deceitful and the unjust person, for you are the God of my refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why must I go about in sorrow because of the enemy's oppression? Send your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to your dwelling place. Then I will come near to the, then I will come to the altar of God, to my, God, my greatest joy. I will praise you with the lyre, God, my God, my soul. Why, my soul, are you so dejected? Why are you in such turmoil? Just like yesterday, friends, here we go. Put your hope in God, for I will still praise him my savior and my God. Okay, so we are at Joseph and Caleb, I mean, Joshua and Caleb and all that's happening there and the people not trusting that they can go in, that God has called them to take this land. And so of course he would do it. I mean, remember what he said to Moses is, is my arm weak? You know, am I, do, do you think I can't do this? But the people doubt. The people doubt. Joseph and Caleb, or John, I keep saying Joseph, I'm so sorry. Joshua and Caleb, though, they know. They believe. Look, yeah, all these things are true of that land. But here's what God said. There may be big people in that land and their cities may be fortified. But look at what it said. God said that we would find this there. And look at what we found. Look at, these, look at all these grapes. Look at these figs and pomegranates. We can do this. God has called us to do it and we can do it. Oh, how many times do you know that you know that God has led you to something, but you let your own fear speak louder? 
we've got we've to be careful, friends. And we've got to trust the Lord. Like Moses challenged them, be courageous. I hope that you're courageous today. See you tomorrow.